people are already getting crazy about trades. Danny Ainge gets a new job, and Isaiah Thomas is auditioning for one. I'm going to talk about it all right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J-team, step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry O.B. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep Joe on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining J's, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Thank you for making this show your first listen every day, part of your daily routine. This show is free and available everywhere podcasts exist. It's also available on YouTube, which I would love to have you subscribe to and watch the show on YouTube. Every episode's on LockedOnCeltics.com. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is a new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want and you don't need, and you can even get them to negotiate better deals on the subscriptions you want to keep. That seems pretty cool. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Boston Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I've also written a book called the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, which is available everywhere. Signed copies on my website, johncorrales.com, for 30 bucks. Send one as a Christmas gift or a birthday gift or whatever. Today, lots to get to. Kind of a quick, rapid fire, lots to talk about podcast. I think tomorrow I'll do a mailbag. So that's available at johncorrales.com slash mailbag. I've got a ton of questions that have already come in. If you want to send one in via johncorrales.com slash mailbag, you can do that. And I'll get into a mailbag question to end the week, mailbag show to end the week. And as we head into the Golden State and New York games and the Philly game next Monday. So let's get into this third segment. I'll get into the Danny Ainge stuff, the Isaiah Thomas stuff in the third segment. Second segment, first segment will be more trade-centric because December 15th was the first day of trades. I didn't really get into any of the rumors and stuff in the last show. I just kind of want to address some things, just give you the common sense. This is the non-sports talk, lose your mind, non-clickbait type of report. None of that. This is just common sense. This is kind of like a guide that's going to help. Just, I'm going to hold your hand. I'm going to take your hand. We're going to walk on through the meadow and we're going to get our little feet wet and our socks wet in the little dewy rumors, but that's about it. And on the other side, we'll all be happier and we won't be paying attention to the crap that is out there. Before I do that, let me just say that I was at practice uh, after on uh, Wednesday. Josh Richardson surprises. Josh Richardson is back. He cleared health and safety protocols, which means it wasn't a positive test. I think it was an unvaccinated contact tracing thing. It's just a guess, like an educated guess by what the system is. The if you have it, you got you're going to be in there for 10 days. So he didn't it wasn't a positive test. The Celtics won't say what it is, but it clearly obviously wasn't a positive test. If it was a false positive, maybe that's something uh but maybe maybe took a couple days to clear a false positive, certainly possible. An unvaccinated player with close contact to somebody is supposed to isolate, and I think that's what happened because they did have to leave him behind in Phoenix. So I feel like this was a wait a couple days, get a few tests, clear a certain couple of hurdles. Now he's back with the Celtics. So that, I think, is basically 
what he went through. Jalen Brown went through practice. He's good. He's fine. Ime says he doesn't, doesn't report any real soreness or anything like that. Good news there. So that's basically your news update for the Celtics. Now, December 15th is the first day where players who were signed over the summer can be traded. So Dennis Schroeder now available to be traded. There's no longer a restriction. You have to, you can't sign a guy and then just trade him before he plays a game. The, there's a whole system in place to say you signed with this team. Um, you're, uh, you're, you're going to play for this team and we're going to see how it works. And then, and then we'll see if there's, uh, uh, if it's a bad fit, then December 15th, by December 15th, we're going to, we're going to start to, all right, you can, you can go. That's why December 15th exists for, as a deadline. So 84% of the league can now be traded. And that's sparking a lot of speculations. There are very few December trades, but this is when the trade rumors really start to talk. This is when you get these reports that keep coming out about Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Let me just set this out. I've, I've done this podcast before. I do. I'll say it again at the trade deadline, but there's a way to differentiate rumors, actual honest to God rumors. The Celtics are shopping player X. The Celtics are listening to offers for player X. Those types of things. Sources tell me that the Boston Celtics are actively listening to offers for player X. That's a rumor. That is an actual rumor. There are plenty of people out there with sources that will say, okay, I've been told you, that the Celtics aren't, aren't hanging up when you mentioned Dennis Schroeder. Fine. Like that, that's something that you're going to, you're going to hear now. Um, and those are, are to varying degrees. Then there are these things, um, that I pulled off and I didn't, I didn't say, uh, who it was. I forget. I even forget where I pulled it off because it's not really a report. I'm not crediting anybody with this. This is a nothing thing. And it said, uh, from everything I've heard by all accounts, the Celtics front office doesn't have any designs on breaking up that pairing, Jalen and Jason. Uh, I quoted an assistant manager, assistant general manager in my story. When we call Boston, they say Jalen and Jason are their only untouchables. They're the two, two top guys. They're building around these dudes. This was a quote that was in a, uh, opposing teams are monitoring the Jalen Brown situation type of thing. So this, this is like the type of paragraph that when you, when you read a story and you say opposing general managers believe, then that's not a rumor. That is absolutely not a rumor. Uh, anything that says an opposing GM thinks, um, or, you know, league sources expect no, no, no. That's not a rumor. That's not actual information. That's me, uh, going to Brad Stevens, which I don't do this by the way, but for example, this would be me going to Brad Stevens and going, so what's your take on, um, on uh, Sabonis and him privately telling me saying, well, you didn't hear it from me, but, uh, I would expect Sabonis to be traded by the, by the deadline. And then me coming out and writing a story, uh, rival GMs expect Sabonis to be moved by the deadline. Now there's some inside information there from the GM and he has an expectation. He's, he's kind of canvassing the league and sure there's a kernel of some substance to that, which is why the stories get written at all. But also that's has, that has nothing to do with what's actually happening. That's not one GM saying, Hey, you know, I, I, I can tell you this, you didn't hear it from me, but Sabonis is done. 
He's gone. He's as good as gone. They're shopping him, whatever. Like that's, that's different. So there's going to be a lot. Reporters are out there making phone calls. They have to, they have to work. We all have to do our jobs, right? We all work. Now I'm not that, I'm not a newsbreaker. I'm not going to go out there. I'm not going to go be calling 20 GMs and getting all these sources. That's, that's, there's a, a subset of reporters that they're the newsbreakers. They're the ones that go out there. I'm a beat writer. I follow the team. I, I give you the day-to-day what's going on around the team. I know a couple of people in the organization that if something happens, I can, I can get in touch with and confirm or deny or, or come up with something. But that my, my thing is more analytical. I'm an analysis guy. I'm not sitting there breaking trades. I'm not going to be the first guy to be like, this player and this player for that, that, that. That's my sources telling me that's what the deal is going to be. That's not, that's not me. But furthermore, I, I, that's not who I want to be. That that's too much, you know, ass kissing to try and pull information from people. It's, it doesn't, it's not my thing. I'm an analytical guy. I tell you what's happening on the floor, why it's happening, things like that. My niche is different. So, but when you hear opposing Somebody opposing GMs, some scouts think opposing coaches believe that's there's no, there's no substance to that rumor. And the worst of them all, the worst of them all is the people like me who like to play on the trade, uh, trade machine, which I'm not one of them, but people like me who actually do like to play on the trade machine and suggest and write stories. You know, what would be a great trade for the Celtics, this guy and that guy for Jeremy Grant. And then aggregators will go out there, and there's there are plenty of sites out there that their entirety, the entirety of their existence is to say, oh, that's interesting. I'm gonna take this nugget, I'm gonna plug it in, we're gonna do a, an SEO headline, and we're gonna say such and such suggested trade, or you know, somebody, you know, the the Celtics, um, the Celtics insider who believes the Jalen Brown for Jeremy Grant trade is, is a good idea, like that which is horrible. I don't think that that's a good idea. That type of stuff exists. It's hard to sift through it. A lot of people like talking about it. I hate talking about it. I hate coming up with trades. I I hate coming up with fake trades. I don't like doing that. It's not, it's not my thing, but this is how you spot actual rumors from the fake rumors. So the real rumors when it comes to, or the real information out there, when it comes to Tatum and Brown, just so you know, an assistant general manager in my story, uh, when he called Boston, they say Jalen and Jason are their only untouchables. That's it. End of story. And do not pay attention to anything else. It's right there. The GM from another team, an assistant GM from another team, flat out says they were told Jalen and Jason are untouchable. Everyone else will listen. Okay. That's great. So, the Celtics are listening. We know that they're listening. That's not a surprise that they're listening. They should be listening. No one else is untouchable. So let's just now move forward with that in mind. Hopefully, when other people start talking to you about stuff like this, the rumors, you now have this base of, no, 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 that's not how it's going, right? You're going to sound smart. Up next, what I think the Celtics will actually do when it comes to a trade I'm going to talk about that next. Let me tell you about, first, let me tell you about prize picks. We've been telling you about prize picks for a long time. Prize picks is daily fantasy. It's made easy. You go on to prize picks 
and you can kind of go through the league and you can pick two, three, four, five players. You pick their fantasy score and you say, hey, here's their fantasy score. Bradley Beal is gonna be 13.6 and they have a formula for the fantasy score. Over, under. Simple, right? You're not playing against me. You're not playing against some expert. You're, not play you're just playing you and what you think. So you can sit there and use the knowledge you've listened to on the podcast. You can go through the Christmas Day games and figure out, hey, the over-under with Jason Tatum against the Milwaukee Bucks is going to be a set number. Do you want to take the over? Do you want to take the under? Okay, if the Celtics are playing on a Sunday, you can combine Mac Jones in there, and he's going to have an over or an under. It's just you against the, the, the machine. It's, it's just you and, and what your pick is. And the number of picks that you have, that's how you make more money. So Prize Picks is uh, the best daily fantasy prop game on the market because they make it so easy. There are more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator out there. And they offer superstar players, including bench players. So you can sit there and say, hey, Josh Richardson is out and so-and-so is out. I think Neesmith is going to have a bigger game. And you can hit the over on that. Go on over to Prize Picks. Use the promo code NBA, sign up, you'll get a 100% instant match on a deposit up to $100. So if you put in up to $100, you're getting uh, double that, up to $100. So check it out. Uh, entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Prize Picks is safe. Uh, they offer fast withdrawals. So again, go to prizepicks.com today. Use the promo code NBA. Go to your app store, download the app. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. If you're not playing Prize Picks, you honestly do not know what you're missing. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. Hey, thank you for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Make your second listen the Locked On NBA podcast. If you missed the Wednesday show, that's me and Jake Madison from Locked On Pelicans. Had a fun conversation about Steph Curry and uh, among other things. Uh, and, and one of the things was the trade deadline. We do a real or fake every Wednesday, and real or fake was our question of, this is going to be a very busy trade season. He said it real, that it's going to be, uh, I said fake. I think the uh, the play-in tournament is going to depress a lot of the trades. See for yourself, check out Locked on NBA, wherever you get your podcasts. It's also on YouTube. So when it comes to trades, here's what I think the Celtics are really going to do. So first of all, who's tradable? Everybody's tradable except Tatum and Brown. That's established, right? Who else they trade may depend on certain situations. Schroeder, I think, makes perfect sense. Schroeder is temporary. I know I got one of the mailbag questions. I, I'm re re regularly, spit that out, regularly getting mailbag questions about Schroeder. Are the Celtics going to be able to resign him? The answer is simply, I don't think so. I don't think they're going to be able to resign him unless he's going to take a similar contract next year. I think the market might be a little bit bigger for him. We'll see. But unless the Celtics really, truly want him back, um, there is a mechanism for them to do it, but that's going to hard cap them. They don't want to do that. So unless the market is so depressed for him that he's willing to come back for another $6 million or, or so contract, and if the Celtics want to give him that contract, which I'm not 100% sold that they will, uh, but that's the only way. So Schroeder, I think, is gone. I think somebody might want Schroeder for the stretch run. Somebody might want that ability to be the team that actually does give him that money. And so there's a possibility that someone will give a second round pick or two seconds or a first that's so heavily protected that 
it becomes two seconds. Like it, it could just be a way for Brad Stevens to say, Oh, I got a first round pick for, for Dennis Schroeder. When it, we all know it's going to convert to two seconds or whatever down the road. But number one, Schroeder, I think they will actively shop Schroeder. They'll see what the market is. They'll see what they can get. Um, they'll see if he can, you know, depending on what's out there, maybe they use him to aggregate, but I don't think that that's going to be where they go. I think the best thing for the Celtics is if you move Schroeder and then you move Wancho, um, and whatever, or you combine, if you combine Wancho and Richardson, you can, you can get somebody useful. But, um, I think the most likely to me is the third team kind of lurking, talking to Philly, talking to another team. There, there are three team deals that are out there. Let me, let me go to the mailbag for one quick question, which comes from Tommy R who says, I have a deep infatuation with DeJounte Murray of the San Antonio Spurs, 6'4", 180. Uh, great defender, exceptional rebounder as a point guard, able to find the open man. Just an overall great player, very underrated. Do you feel the same? Would he be a great fit if in Boston if the opportunity arose? Okay. Yeah. I mean, sure. You'd have to get – I think at that point you'd have to get rid of Smart. I, I just don't think Smart would want to stay around and lose his job to, to DeJounte Murray. And DeJounte Murray's a better player. He's a little bit younger. He's not quite as good as a defender as Marcus Smart, but he's still really good. Uh, he's a better – he's got more assists uh, than Marcus Smart. He's got more rebounds. So, you know, he, does he have some of the intuitive stuff that Smart does? Uh, maybe not, but he's, you know, considering younger and on a just slightly smaller contract by a couple million dollars, I think people would say, yeah, I'll take DeJounte Murray before I take Marcus Smart. Still not a great shooter. But that I, I, in that similar mold, similar mold, he's a little, a little bit taller, not quite as thick, and smart is just more bulldog and makes these kind of crazy plays. Okay, so anyway, if you swapped out Murray for smart, that's, that's a fine swap to make. Um, you can call that, you could probably call that a, li a little bit of an upgrade. How do you do that? They're not going to want smart back in San Antonio. You're basically swapping the same player. I mean, unless you, you want somebody who you feel like is a culture changer. Um, I think more, more than likely, this is the type of player who fits into the Evan Fournier trade exception, which is $17.1 million. The Celtics can go to a team and it's not, it's probably not going to be the Spurs, but it's a guy like Murray who maybe people aren't talking about that Philly wants to trade Simmons they go to another team, whichever team it is, Sacramento, LA, somebody, somebody, and they find a deal, but LA says, or another team, team, team B says, okay, we've got this framework, but you got to take this guy back. So the money works. And Philly's like, I don't want that guy. Why would I want that guy? And then that's why the Celtics come in and go, Hey, Hey, we got space for that guy. Well, what do, what do you want to get? For? What do you, what do we get for it? And, you know, maybe, maybe you say, Hey, LA or whomever. It's, I keep saying LA, it's not going to be LA, but Hey, other team, give us that guy and throw us a second rounder, throw us a, a pick. Let's, 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 let's go. And we'll, we'll throw you a second round pick or whatever. We'll swap picks. That's how you kind of play the fringes. I don't think the Celtics are going to go out and get a guy. Now that's going to change their tax scenario and all of that. I think that works in concert with other deals, you know, probably Richardson going out 
or Schroeder going out or Wancho for sure going out. I think Schroeder and Wancho are probably going to be gone at some point before the deadline. You get those contracts out. You bring in this kind of contract. You move uh, a, a guy like Josh Richardson. Now you've acquired this piece, this young player, a DeJounte Murray type. Maybe it could be just DeJounte Murray if the Spurs get crazy, but that type of guy where the other team, the target is the other team says, well, we really want this star player. We really, really want Ben Simmons. And we have to get rid of this young guy who's good, doesn't fit what we're trying to do. He's good. We hate to give him up, but we really want this big player. So let's take, we got to give up this young guy or this other good role player. And the Celtics come in and be like, we could use a good role player. We'll take him off your hands. No problem. We'll be the team that facilitates that. And I think that's a great way to get some bench help, maybe some bench help that we didn't see coming and, you know, get a steal, get a steal, use that trade a player exception for something useful. Plus you've got the trade exception from Tristan Thompson. You got one from Moses Brown, which is small. You got one from Kemba. Uh, you got one from Jeff Teague. The, the, the Teague one, the Moses Brown one will, will go away. The Tristan Thompson one might, or at least some portion of it, the Kemba one might, uh, because they didn't really do anything. They, they just wanted to move Kemba Walker. I think the Fournier one is the one that they're really going to try to use. And I think that's probably their best bet in using him, in using it. Now, that's not to say that's the only way. There are plenty of ways in the offseason, and, and you take away the, the, the luxury tax implications there. Certainly a thing. I don't say, I'm not saying this is exactly how it's going to go, but just keep your eye open. When it comes to trade season, if you're looking, the Celtics are just not going to trade for DeJounte Murray, right? They're just not going to get a guy like that just to get him. It's not a team, guys, the team, that's not a, a guy teams want to give up, but it is a guy that they will give up in a bigger deal because they really want this other guy. And especially if he plays the same position, that's where I think the Celtics can best benefit from this trade season. All right, that's that. Up next, Danny Ainge gets a new job with the Utah Jazz. Isaiah Thomas is auditioning for one in the G League which I honestly, I was surprised that he went the G League route, but sure, why not? We'll talk about that. It's going to come up next after I tell you about Truebill. Do you know why these free trials continue to uh, renew without you approving that? They just want to pocket your money. They make you give a credit card for a free trial. They don't sit there and say, here's a week. If you like it, sign up. They make you sign up and have you have to cancel. And if you forget, they make it hard to get your money back. That happened to me. I should have had Truebill from the start. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you do not need or want or simply forgot about. On average, people save 720 bucks a year with Truebill, which is pretty cool. Companies make these subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it simple. You link your accounts, Truebill will cancel them with one tap. And they have Truebill Concierge, which is there to help cancel your unwanted subscriptions so you do not have to. Truebill has over 2 million users. They've combined to save hundred million dollars. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at locked on Celtics on Instagram. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Make your second listen, Locked On Bets. Locked On Bets is uh, going to help you 
I think with some of your wagering, you might win a little extra cash if you listen to Locked On Bets. They're on a heater, so there are people who have listened to them and are doing fairly well. So Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q and Lee Sterling. Check them out wherever podcasts exist. Danny Ainge is the new CEO and alternate governor uh, at the Utah Jazz, with the Utah Jazz, which not surprising that, you know, look, Danny Ainge left Boston. He says that it was time for a break in Boston. Okay, fine. Um, I think, you know, first of all, he went to Utah. He's he, Obviously, he's a BYU guy. Um, he's happy in Utah. He's close to a lot of personal things that he wants to do in Utah. That, that's great. And then the Utah Jazz are like, hey, we, you got Danny Ainge living up the road. Let's put him to work. Sure. So what's Danny Ainge going to do as CEO and alternate governor? So basically the governors are generally the owners. The owners are the governors of the team. So Danny Ainge is now going to be potentially in owners meetings. And so that's, that's, that's one of the things that he's going to be involved with as CEO. He's not going to be in the day to day. He has specifically said he doesn't want to be in the day today. He made the joke that he's not going to have the workload that he had in Boston. He's being load managed. Ha 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 ha. And so he is going to be just an, an extra layer. The way I see Danny Ainge's role in Utah is he's going to be their fresh set of eyes. You've got a Utah team that's basically banging their head against the ceiling. They've reached their, their potential. And this is basically one of their last seasons, right? This season, next season where you got to take a good, hard look, an honest look at how this team is constructed and figure out who do you keep? What kind of contracts do you offer? What moves do you make? Is there a trade to be made? What do you do? And a lot of people in that organization are pretty tied to how that organization looks. You've done things a certain way for, for a while, and you have a tendency to say, we're right there. We're right there. We just need to do this. We just need this to happen. And this is right, kind of where the, the Celtics sort of are getting to. Now, it's a little different for the Jazz because they're, they're at the top, and they're, just, they're, they're, they're that tweak, that, twi- that, that little kind of, eh, can we just – you're trying to align that – Scope, you adds that okay, all right, I think so. That's what they're trying to do. And if you can't get it right, then it's going to be crooked, and you're just not going to, you're not going to, it's not going to work. Um, and he's there to make sure that it works. And when you get a fresh set of eyes, they're the ones who can come in and be like, oh, yeah, this guy not working, that guy, nope, we need to, you need to trade this guy and spark these discussions and get a whole bunch of blowback and then be like, Hey, you can say you're not, you know, you're, you can say no, but it hasn't worked so far. That I think is Danny Ainge's role to come in there and kind of be like throwing Molotov cocktails around and saying, yeah, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Rudy Gobert. Yeah. You know, this guy, like whatever, Mike Conley, like that I think is what he's trying to do. Kind of tweak things and, and see what comes of it and see what ideas can come of it. You know, I bring up the Celtics in that context because the Celtics are in a different spot. And they're kind of middling around. And this is where you don't want to be. People say you don't want to be like the perennial eighth seed. Eighth seed's easy to blow up. Fourth seed, the perennial fourth seed's hard to blow up. And the Indiana Pacers are the example of that. 
the Celtics are making this decision. I think they're making this decision this year. This is why this is like a super important year for the Celtics. You got to figure out if Jason Tatum can be that MVP candidate and if Jalen Brown can be that all NBA candidate. And if you've got a real serious one, two, if those, if you think those guys can be that and they prove that they can be that this year, now you know that you're going to try and find a third guy that can support those two, not a third guy that they are going to support. You follow me? So if you, if the Celtics kind of go too long with the Tatum Brown experiment, I shouldn't say experiment, the Tatum Brown combination, and they push it to the year after and the year after and the year after, and, and no combination of people around it works, that's kind of when you need the fresh eyes to come in and talk to Brad Stevens and be like, you know what? This hasn't worked. And people are saying right now, some of you are screaming at the YouTube or at, at your car or wherever saying, it already doesn't work. No, it's not. We're not there yet. They're trying to figure out if that's actually the case. So somebody like Danny Ainge in that CEO role, someone else, or maybe you bring in just a new president of basketball operations or general manager, that that's what that role is. So that's what Danny Ainge is doing. He wanted something new. He didn't want the, the day-to-day. Various things kind of were, um, I think, played into that as well. I don't think I don't think it ended. I don't think it ended poorly, but I don't think it ended all that great. I think when, you know, the Kyrie move was a risk, the Gordon Hayward injury really changed the entire direction of the franchise. Kyrie leaving led to a little bit of chasing his tail where, you know, Kemba, which seemed like a great pivot at the time that just didn't end up working. Thank you, Nick nurse. And the, you know, the, the, the pivots, the Tristan Thompson signing, the, the, response. Oh, this guy left. We've got to get a response in there. He started over the past year, kind of responding to things rather than just saying, okay, let's see what's out there. Make most sense. Now he's in a different role. He gets to still be around the game and not, not have to do. So good luck to him in Utah. We'll see. We'll see what he comes up with. And Isaiah Thomas in the G league, his first game in the G league, he dropped 42 points, eight of six, eight assists, six rebounds, hit five, three pointers for Denver's G league team. He's trying to find his way back into the the NBA. Um, I'll just kind of repeat. I mean, for the Celtics, I don't see the benefit to bringing Isaiah Thomas back. I mean, you've got you've got Peyton Pritchard, who, if you want a small guy to go out there and have problems defensively, why not make it the guy that you can fix and lean on for the future, rather than Isaiah Thomas, who for emotional purposes, I think it would be awesome. Having Isaiah back in, in a Celtics uniform would be fantastic to see. And like, oh my God, the emotions would be great. It will do the team no real good. Maybe, maybe he'll re- recapture some glory. Maybe he'll win a, the, the Celtics a game or two. But what, what's the net effect going to be? Is he, do the Celtics want Isaiah Thomas to take shots away from Jalen and Jason? No, they don't. And I don't think it would be fair to put, put him in that situation. Is he an NBA-level player? I think he has a role off the bench somewhere. And, and you could say, hey, it's, it's the, role, the role is in Boston. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I, I just don't see it. But the Celtics do need some, some scoring. And I don't know. If they wanted to do a 10-day, then they could do a 10-day and see, and see how it worked. I would hate for it to not work in Boston. Maybe that's part of what's fueling it. If I'm going to admit to something, hands up, I admit, I admit, that what I don't want is 
Isaiah to come back to Boston and have it go poorly again. I just don't want that. I'd rather just not have that happen. It was already, the, the trade away was already painful enough for him. I don't want him to come in here and have the wild adulation from the crowd, which he will get, and then have it not go well and the Celtics not sign him to another 10-day or something like that. I'd just rather not, rather not put him in that situation or the, cell, the team in that situation or the fans in that situation. Let it go. I hope he hooks on somewhere else. My fear is that 30 NBA teams are out there going, we love Isaiah Thomas. We hope he hooks on with somebody else and no one's going to take him. But he looked good in the G League and he's, he's very clearly probably too good for the G League. And is he good enough for the NBA? Maybe somewhere. Maybe he's got a role somewhere. But I just still don't think it's in Boston. Before I go, I want to send a shout out to the Dorchester Boys and Girls Club. Um, I was honored to be part of a ceremony for Bruce Seals, my former assistant coach in college, who sadly passed away a year ago. Um, he was the athletic director at the Dorchester Boys and Girls Club for 30 years. Um, he was battling cancer that he just didn't tell anybody about. So it was a little bit shocking to, to hear, but Bruce Seals was a fantastic, uh, amazing, inspirational person. Um, they, they put up a banner for him, uh, in the, in the, in the gym, in the basketball gym, the Celtics were there, which was very nice. The Celtics had put a youth clinic on, uh, after the ceremony, which was great. Um, cash cannon, who was awesome, ran it. Scal was there. Um, mayor Wu, Boston mayor Wu was there. Um, I was very honored to, to be able to say a few words on behalf of the Emerson college basketball team, the alumni who, uh, hold a special place, he holds a special place in our hearts. Um, he coached a lot of us and, and not just basketball. Like he, he, he taught us basketball, but he taught us life lessons. And a year ago I was saying goodbye to him and, and it's still not easy. I can't believe Bruce Seals is gone. Um, but he touched the lives of countless young boys and girls in Dorchester through the game of basketball. He is an inspirational person, one of the best people I've ever known and will ever know, and a person I aspire to hopefully live up to your legacy, Coach Seals, somehow, some way. Basketball is so, so powerful, so powerful. It can, it can be a bridge between cultures and genders and political beliefs and all that stuff. It really erases a lot of these things that make us different and brings us all together on the same team. Coach Seals is the embodiment of that. It's been a year. I can't believe it's been a year. Um, the city has stepped up. I'm looking forward to an event in June, a citywide basketball event that's going to be happening in June uh, in Boston, which I, I, I hope to have some level of involvement with as well. So thank you to the Boys and, and Girls Club of Dorchester. Um, if you want to make a donation to the, the Dorchester Boys and Girls Club, you can do so. Uh, just Google it. They have a donation page. Um, very, very uh, impactful organization for all the young boys and girls. And I'm, I'm excited to have met the people who are doing Bruce's job now since he's passed and, and how they're carrying on his legacy. Just a great person. I miss you so much, Coach. I love you. And, and thank you for all of the lessons again. Uh, I can't believe it's been a year, man. Jeez. He was one cool dude, man. I love that guy. Um, 
Thank you for listening to the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you so, so much. Um, again, tomorrow I'll do a mailbag. So go to johncorrales.com slash mailbag and uh, drop a question in there. I'll, I'll fire through as many as I can in half an hour tomorrow. So please do that. Subscribe if you are a new listener. I would love to have you catch the show Monday through Friday. I drop it Monday through Friday. So uh, I will not do a post-game Golden State. Not going to do a post-game New York Knicks. I'll cover it all on Monday. So uh, subscribe. Watch the show on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube page. And if you are subscribed, would appreciate it if you shared the podcast, told your friends and family to listen to and watch the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.